BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with another episode that I am sure will not only inspire you, but it'll have you really figuring out how can I take my life to the next level. And so without further ado, please help me in welcoming my sister, Miss Tara Carissa Hodges. But I'm excited to have you on this show today because I know that you're going to inspire me to be able to figure out a little bit more about who I am, just as you have for so many other people. So I always like to make sure that we can give the proper introduction. And I like to compare us as entrepreneurs and thought leaders just to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly putting on a cape, we're flying around the world, and we're trying to solve the biggest problems. So before you became this unified superhero. Let's take it back to when you were just a young girl and tell us who is Tara Hodges. You know, it's so funny that you say take it back to when you were a little girl, because just yesterday I was speaking with my classmates and I cannot believe that we are preparing for our 20th year high school class reunion. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, where did the time fly? But ever since I was a little girl, like I was senior class president in high school, I have been a leader. Uh, I've been a speaker. I've been outspoken. I've always spoken my truth. I've truly always been authentic to what I believe, right, wrong, or indifferent. I've always had a mouth on me. My mom still has letters to this day where teachers would write her and say, okay, she's smart. She's getting all A's, but she talks too much. And listen, that's not going to change. That hasn't changed. And my little mini me, she's going to talk a whole lot too. (laughs) <laughs> mm. So where do you say you got that from? Like, was it your mom always instilling that into you to like speak up? And the reason why I ask is because right now there's a lot of people wondering, should they be speaking up? Obviously, there's so many injustices going on and a lot of people feel like they have that truth, but yet they don't speak up and they can't show it with the type of conviction that you have. So where do you feel like that that first came from? Is it all an innate ability or did your mom instill something in you? You know what? I do believe that it's like Maybelline. Maybe I was born with it. And I really believe that. And this is why I really tell parents to be careful how you raise your child. Be careful how you speak to them, because 
there are some innate personality traits that we are born with and it's not going to change. And so if you see that your child is being a little bit too bossy on the playground, you know, don't say quit being bossy. Say, hey, I noticed that you like to take the lead. That's good. It's great to be a leader, but learn how to share sometimes. And so it's speaking to what needs to be corrected in the child in that moment without killing their spirit because if they were born with that, and I'm a believer, if they are a Christian and God gave that to them, somewhere down the road in their life, they are going to need that boldness, that leadership. You know, in the ministry that I'm in, as a life coach, as a thought leader, I need my boldness. I need my outspokenness. I need to have an opinion. I need to constantly be putting out there what I feel God is putting in my spirit to share with others. And so imagine where I would be or the people connected to the ministry God has given me, where they would be if who I am had been killed too soon or ahead of time or just killed at all, all because I was misunderstood or maybe people were trying to put me in a box that they said, hey, you know, a little girl shouldn't be out as outspoken or whatever the case may be. So just be careful about how you correct your children. I love it. I love it. And that gets me to thinking about, obviously, right before we went live, I had my son and my daughter in here. And there's so many things that us as parents, especially in the Black community, we grow up and so many things are off limits, as in speak when you're spoken to, stay in a child's place, right? We don't talk about money. And so with you saying, make sure that you protect your child's mind, I think that that's so crucial, especially in the world that we live in today, where social media is constantly putting something else on them. Them to make them think that maybe they aren't where they're supposed to be. Maybe they're behind. And so for you, as you now have seen and helped so many young minds and even older minds figure out that they are where they're supposed to be, talk to me about what is the steps for someone to figure out who they are? Because I've heard you say that a lot. Is there a way that someone can figure out their purpose and start to walk in it if they're confused right now? Absolutely. You know, I have a formula for purpose and I'm sure other people have kind of taken it and run off with it, but, and I've been ministering on it for years now. Your purpose is a combination of your past, your pain, and your passion. Let me say that again for people listening in. Your past, your pain, and your passion. Your past, what do you live through? What have you been through? Your pain, what caused you pain? What you have to learn how to kill through? And what are you passionate about? So for instance, you might say, oh, I am passionate about podcasting. Great. Okay. What have you, what have you lived through? What have you survived? How can you encourage other people? That's your purpose. And where did, I guess, how did you figure that out? Was there a time that you were ever lost? Because now when people look at you and they see that, again, you have the ministry, you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers and an audience and a tribe. But for people right now that said, look, I'm so far behind that it feels like I'll never get there. Were you ever at that point, like a low point that then you said, here's how I got to develop this formula and start to walk in it? I will say this. I have been sure of who I am and my call since I was a teen. So for that, I'm grateful. However, and I just did another magazine interview on this earlier, your purpose is seasonal. For my Bible readers, you understand in one season of David's life, uh, he was a shepherd. In another season, he was uh, a warrior. In another season, he was a king. And so, yes, along my journey, there have been times where I've been like, okay, what's my purpose this season? I know where I was. I know where God is telling me I'm going to end up. But what am I supposed to be doing right now? 
And, and that's, you know, a great question for anybody to ask themselves. Take it one day at a time. The Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. And so instead of trying to figure out, well, who am I supposed to be, uh, you know, on, on the grand stage? Who am I supposed to be 10 years from now? Who am I supposed to be five years from now? Say, what am I supposed to be doing today? And when you start taking care of the things you need to take care of today, you've served your purpose. Hmm. I heard you say something one time, which I thought was super dope. And you said there can't be a resurrection without a crucifixion. Talk to me about what that means. You know what? Everybody wants the victory story. Everybody wants the glam. Everybody wants the power, but nobody wants the process. But it is your process. It is your crucifixion. It is your low moments. It's your valley moments that make you. Going back to the Bible again, 1 Samuel 17, uh, David was the only man out of thousands of men able to defeat Goliath because he was the only man out of thousands of men who was stuck on the backside of a mountain wrestling with lions and bears. And so he got the crown and the victory of defeating Goliath because he had been through the process of wrestling with lions and bears. And the reality of it is, is that the glitz and the glam that you see, if you are to obtain that and not just obtain, but maintain, it is going to require a process and you can't fight that process. You can't despise that process. The only thing you can do is go through that process. Now, like Jesus, even Jesus cried on the cross and said, listen, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, if this cup can pass from me, let it be so. So the pain and the process is not easy. Your past, the things that God has used to develop you, it's not easy. And listen up. And it's not even fair. It's hmm. not fair. And, and that's the biggest hiccup that I see so many people go through in life. What happened to me wasn't fair. Name one person in this life that can say everything I've been through was fair. Nothing has been fair. When you study the autobiography of Nelson Mandela in prison for what? That wasn't fair. Dr. Martin Luther King killed for what? That wasn't fair. We can go down the list of people whose lives impacted this world in ways that will forever be remembered. And they experienced things that simply were not fair. So instead of harping on what happened and what wasn't fair, look at it and say, how can I use this as fuel to get me to a destiny that the enemy, my enemies, my haters, whoever never saw coming. I love it. Talk to me about how people can right now, if they've never listened to anything that you've said before, but they want, now they're inspired. They listen, they listen to you right now and they say, listen, I would love to be able to speak with that type of authenticity, that type of conviction. But I'll tell you, I'm afraid to speak to other people like that because I don't know that I'll come off as an expert. I, do, I, I feel like I would be an imposter because I don't have that type of longevity. What do you say to people like that? How do you get them to start to speak up? Because you said in the beginning, some people just have an innate ability. So if they say, well, you know what? I don't have that innate ability, but I want to be trained to be able to speak like a thought leader like you, especially if they're, you know, somebody who's always been timid and introverted. What would you say to that person? You know, the reality of it is, is that you don't need an innate ability to tell your truth. Your, mm. your life experience, what you've been through, what you've survived, that is your expertise. Nobody can tell your story like you. Nobody can talk about what they've survived like you. And so embrace that. Understand that, yeah, I may have been born, you know, with the gift uh, of gap, so to speak. But guess what? 
there are other things that I wasn't born with that I learned uh, that I, I learned along the way. And, and so it is with other people. Maybe you weren't born with it, but if you have a passion for it and, and it's truly something that you want to do to empower yourself and to empower others, get busy telling your story because you're not an imposter when you're telling your story. And that's the key, your story. I love it. I love it. Has there ever been, as you've been, obviously you've had people in the, the the church community, I would imagine, who've mentored you. But outside of that, has there been anybody that as you were first starting to come up in the business world that you looked at to be a mentor that really helped you? What was that like for you? I have so many mentors, I'm afraid to start naming who they are for fear <laughs> of not naming all the people that need to be named. But I have mentors across the board. I'm glad that you made the differentiation between ministry and business because there is a difference. I, I am a businesswoman, but I'm also a minister. I'm also a life coach. I'm also an entrepreneur. So thank you for that. Um, and with that being said, as I have so many mentors across the board. And I, and I want to pull that point because who mentors me in business is not necessarily who mentors me in marriage. Because mm. just because they know how to make a million dollars in 30 days doesn't mean they know how to hold a marriage together. And so mm. I have different mentors for different aspects of my life. Yet there are some people that give me great marriage advice. I wouldn't necessarily take their parenting advice. And so the Bible is clear that there is wisdom in the multitude of counselors. No one should be your one-stop shop because nobody is qualified in everything. So you need mentors for your business. You need mentors for your marriage. If you're single, you need mentors for your singleness. You need mentors for your ministry. You need mentors for helping you parent. If you're launching a new business, get a mentor there. Have many mentors, okay? Think about their advice, research their advice, pray over their advice, and then make the best decision for you. So for somebody that's listening and they say, man, that's a lot of mentors, and I would even love to have you be a mentor for me, but they don't necessarily know how could they approach someone like you who your time is super valuable, but they know that you have so many seeds that can be sown into them. How would you advise someone who's just coming up in the game to be able to have a mentor like you? Great question. Most people who are thought leaders or are well known, they have books out, they have online courses. And so before you try to establish a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with that person, read their materials. I've never met Dave Ramsey, but I read his stuff all the time. I've never met John Maxwell, but I read his stuff all the time. And when this pandemic is over, I'll probably, probably be going to one of his conferences. And so there's a way to glean from people that you want to learn from without being in their personal space. And that's something that I really want to drive home. Again, I've never met Oprah in person, but I learned so much from her by watching her old stuff on YouTube or reading her articles in old magazine or watching her uh, do interviews today or following her on Instagram. So you don't always need a one-on-one -on -one to glean from someone, to learn from them and to grow from the wisdom that they can impart. You look at people uh, like Joel Osteen who has written countless books. You look at people like Bishop T.D. Jakes who has written countless books. And so I would say do the research to find out what have they already released? What have they already given of themselves in the atmosphere? And then you grab that and you run with it. Got it. I love it. I love it. And that's for me, it's it's been crazy as well because I gotten a lot. There's a guy who do you know who Jack Canfield is? 
Yes. Yeah. So I had Jack Canfield on the show yesterday and it was, yeah, it was a phenomenal conversation. But when I was first coming up in my personal development journey, um, I read the success principles by Jack Canfield, a phenomenal mm -hmm. book. Obviously a lot of people know him for chicken soup for the soul. Right. And so that was a phenomenal conversation, but that was just to your point that he was a virtual mentor and I never met him before. I just read his stuff. I feel like I took action on it. And then at the end of the day, you just allow things to play out how they will. And eventually, if you set it out to, to meet that person, whoever it is, you can, especially I think in, in the world today, people are more accessible than they've ever been. Absolutely. You know, so, so that's what's crazy. And, and, you know, your courses, your, you know, your tribe, everything, if somebody wanted to get to you, it takes a little bit of work. But if you're willing to put in that work and that investment, you can definitely make it happen. I'm on social media just about all day, every day. You might not ever get a one on one with me, but you can hear what my thoughts are, what my philosophies are just by going to my social media pages. And that's true. For just about anybody that's out there, you can gauge a lot about people just from visiting their websites or social media pages, et cetera. So take advantage of that. And let me say this. You don't want to meet a mentor too soon. Mm. Okay. So I always tell people, develop yourself before you market yourself. Because if you meet someone too soon, they might see you as an understudy, where if you wait and go through the process of becoming and meet them at the right time, they'll come to see you as a partner. I Listen, Tyler Perry makes no bones about it. Oprah has been a tremendous mentor to him in his life. But Tyler Perry didn't meet Oprah until we all knew who he was. Imagine had Tyler Perry met Oprah when he was homeless. He probably would not have the same connection to her right. that he has now, now that he's met her after he had already made a name for himself. So don't rush trying to meet people of a certain caliber uh, because sometimes you can put yourself out there too soon and then people have a tendency to relate to you based on the first impression that they had of you. Nice. But when they feel that they're meeting their equal and that you're bringing just as much to the table as they are, just from a different perspective or more diversity, et cetera, then you open the door, not just for a meeting, but for a relationship. Absolutely. And relationships of everything are everything. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can cultivate the right relationship, you can get anything mm -hmm. that you want in this world, right? And it doesn't have to come from monetary value. It just has to come from one person solving another problem for someone. And so that's... Absolutely. I love that you said you brought that part up for you. How, has there been one relationship that has helped to spark? And I guess we'll just shed light on it if there's been one. But has there been one relationship that has really helped to spark your career and take it off as fast as it could? You know what? Not a person, but I will say a platform. And that is Twitter. Hmm. When I got on Twitter <laughs> in 2009, Twitter built my ministry. Hmm. Twitter was responsible for 80% of my speaking engagements in 2012. Whenever I would say, well, how did you find out about me? Oh, I saw you tweet something on Twitter and somebody else retweeted it. And my first international speaking engagement came because of Twitter in 2012 in South Africa. That's and, a and so it right hasn't there. been a person. And, and it hasn't been a person. It's been a platform. And I think that that is so critical for your listeners to hear because you know, one of the reasons I've been able to maintain my integrity is because I never believed I had to kiss anybody's tail to get anywhere. 
Mm. I always knew that God would open my door if I just worked my gift where I was. And somebody needs to hear that. You don't have to change people. Just use what's in your hand. Work what's in your hand. I controlled my ability to set up a Twitter account and began tweeting my thoughts, my beliefs, how I felt, not knowing that it will connect with hundreds of thousands, millions of people around the globe. And here we are today. And so that's what I really want to get through to your listeners. Stop change, stop chasing people and start building your platform. And don't even chase numbers. Chase purpose. Develop your purpose because your tribe will find you. And when we talk about how do you become successful, I'm not changing my messaging to try to attract a particular brand. No, I am remaining authentic to who I am. And whatever brand feels that my authenticity lines up with their messaging and their community and their consumers and their customers and their products, great. Because when you begin to change who you are just to attract money, you will soon end up having a crash. But when you remain authentic and what you see is what you get, I don't chase money. Money chases me. Not only will you get the money, but you will maintain your peace because you're not living a mirage. You're not living under an image. You are truly being your total self. And so my partners, they don't fear. Oh my God, is Cheryl going to say something crazy today? Because they know who I am. They know what I embrace. They know what I stand for. They know that there will be no apologies. And they know that the only people that will be leaving my platform are people who no longer reflect the values of my tribe. And that's okay. It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make me bad. It just means that our cycle, our journey together has ended. So remain true to yourself. Don't chase people. Develop your platform by using what's in your hand and watch everything begin to chase you. Everything that's for you begin to chase you. Man, that's a word right there. And that's all that I would think anybody would need to hear. And I love that you said, I've asked that question to many amazing thought leaders, right? And no one's ever said that about the platform. And just understanding that right now you already have it inside of you, just use what you already have at your disposal. And a lot of people have that Twitter. And it brings it back to that point where it's like people want to speak up, but necessarily they'll use the, they don't, they don't feel like that they have the tangibles to speak in front of a crowd of 300 people people. Well, if you still tweet those same thoughts that you had, your same emotion, your same truths that mm -hmm. you have, you don't need to stand up in front of 300 people because you're, you're really having the same impact either way. And just like you said, your tribe will find you that way. Absolutely. And you're having even more of an impact. Okay. So again, I had never been to South Africa, but my tweets did. Mm. <laughs> I've never been to Russia. My tweets have. I've right. never been to China. Or, or, you know, other countries where people have emailed in and said, oh, my God, you changed my life. I've, I've traveled a lot. I, I'm in a different country just about every month, you know, at least before the pandemic. But there are places I've never been that people have heard the word or felt the word or read something that God gave me for them. And so, listen, chasing people, honey, that was for way back when. Building your platform, that's for right now. I love it. Talk to you. You've mentioned all of the different ventures and and titles and also industries that you've you know went into. Talk to me about balance because a lot of people they hear that and they say, "Listen, that sounds exhausting to be a minister, to be an international speaker, right? To be so many things." Is there a way that you balance that? Absolutely, there is. I schedule my life. I live by a calendar and I'm not afraid to say no. So, for example, when we wrap up this interview the rest of the day, 
I'm in date mode, okay? I'm gonna be getting jazzy and I'm hitting the town, all right? <laughs> I don't allow my titles or my responsibilities to others to take over uh, the responsibility that I have to myself and my mm. family. Because at the end of the day, while I'm grateful for the impact that I've made in other people's lives, I still have to, has a, have to have a positive impact on my own life and the lives of the people that are closest to me. And so with that being said is I'm not God and I do not allow people to make me God. Uh, when I first really began traveling uh, more for vacation than ministry, I would say about four or five years ago, um, I purposely would post pictures of me on my Instagram page in a bikini because I wanted people to know I'm not a minister 24 hours a day. I am a woman and I don't swim in choir robes and I'm not going to apologize that mm. I don't swim in choir robes, okay? And, and so when people start seeing me put my foot down, okay, not allow them to make me a deity that just prays all day, fast all day, speak in tongues all day, read the Bible all day, uh, then I, I force them to either leave me alone or change their expectations. Because a lot of ministers, they crumble because they're trying to live up to an expectation that nobody, God never designed them to live up to, okay? Mm. You are a human being. Let your hair down. Go have some fun. Go have date night with your husband. Go out to your favorite restaurant. Go to a jazz concert. Go to the comedy club. I drink margaritas, never been drunk a day in my life, but I drink a good old frozen margarita and many flavors. <laughs> so, you know, the balance comes in when I say, okay, this is my calendar, this is my schedule, this is what I'm going to get done this week that needs to get done for my purpose, for my call, for my job, for my company, and then the rest of the time, I'm taking care of me. I love it. Talk to me about if there's somebody out there right now that's listening to you and they're hype, right? I know I'm hype right now. And they're saying, listen, I really want to blaze my path just as Tara's done. But they have that little voice in their head that says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would say to that person to get them to just take action? You are smart enough. You have enough resources. I just told you that Twitter was my resource in 2012. And as far as I know, Twitter is a free social media platform. It costs me nothing to start a Twitter account. You have to believe in you before you can get others to believe in you. Mm. A lot of times we don't believe in ourselves because we're comparing ourselves to other people. You got to stop comparing yourself to other people because you're comparing your now to their now when they had a beginning, just like you've got a beginning. And so instead of comparing yourself to other people, again, this is, you know, today, okay? Our daily bread. What can you do today to get one step closer to where you want to be? Focus on that. Not on, oh my God, I don't have what she has. I don't have a production team. I, I don't have a million dollars. I don't, whatever you don't have, don't consider, okay? Hmm. When the prophet showed up to the widow woman's house, he asked her, what is in your house? He didn't ask for what she didn't have because what she didn't have was irrelevant. He right. said, what do you have in your house? She says, I've got, you know, some uh, oil. And that's what he worked with. So Moses, what's in your hand? Now work with what's in your hand. Love it. For anybody that wants to stay connected with you, where can they find you at? Head to my website, Tara, T-E-R-A, Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-S-A.com. You can read my bio. You can connect to all of my social media links there. 
on Facebook, which still connects to my website, but I'll give it to you anyway, uh, that verified page, so you'll know you're on the right page. It has a big blue check mark. It is verified. Is uh, facebook.com forward slash speak Tara Carissa. And that's T-E-R-A Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-S-A. Got it. Well, we'll definitely put all of those links in the show notes. But remember, Dream Nation, just as she said, you are smart enough and you are enough, but you have to take action. Otherwise, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all we have on this one. I want to say thank you again for coming to hang out with us and we'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.